look, an apple. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles. Hiya. Where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. And I, Ruth, stay permanently mystified. <laughs> it's your job. This is Actually, it's not. <laughs> this is the 12th episode. I know, right? 12 episodes. So I thought I would do something a bit special for this one. I thought that I would talk about something very close to my heart. Musicals! Yes, exactly, musicals. Because the way that I got initiated into the anime world was with a musical. And then Rachel groomed me into it because I'm a sucker for a musical. Yeah, anything with a catchy tune, she's there. The reaction of many people if you say there's a Death Note musical is, say what? Because it's not something that you would think would go together. Even people that like manga just give you a look as if to say what the actual hell. But So for people who are not familiar with the story of Death Note, here is a potted version with no rambling, no hesitation or deviation. <laughs> On your mark, set, go. <laughs> so a bald genius t- student called Light Yagami finds a supernatural notebook that's owned by a deaf god. This gives him the power to kill people by writing their names in it. Light is obsessed with criminals and crime, so he decides that he wants to kill um, criminals and delete crime. Um, Unbeknownst to him, the eyes of the world are on this, and they get the world's best detective, L, to try and put a spot to the killings. And L is a scruffy detective who likes to eat crap. (laughs) He's wonderful. And apparently he's part British, that's why he likes to eat crap. Yeah, that is a strange Japanese stereotype that... Never mind, we don't know why it's there. It's racist. <laughs> Probably racist, yeah. So she eating biscuits. So, um, oh yeah, and we forgot to mention, Light's dad is in charge of the task force that's tried to take down Kira. Oopsie, what are the chances of that happening, eh? <laughs> Kira being the new name that he's giving himself. As- Look, we, who really cares about the humans in this? We all know that Death God is about the Shinigamis, the, uh, the Death Gods. Sorry, Death Note, it's all about death gods. I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since as well as Ryuk, who is the chap that owns the Death Note, who basically treats everything as his own personal soap opera and just stands back and cackles. (laughs) Like that, yeah. There is also Reb, who is his opposite number, very serious and a big old leather, because um, she falls in love with Misa, who is this girl who later pops up and wants to help Kira and becomes the second Kira. I like the fact that in the original cartoon, Rem just looks like Olivia Benson zombified. So the story is basically the cat and mouse game between Light and L. Um, will he be the god of the new world? Will L catch him? Just basically that. that. That is it to its basic essence. And that is something that the musical is really good at, by the way, because it was... Um, the company that were in charge of making the films, um, Hori Pro, I don't know if I pronounced that properly, they approached Frank Wildhorn, who is basically the American Andrew Lloyd Webber. And he'd never heard of the show before, but his son was a big fan. So, um, Hang on, what else has he written? He has written um, Jekyll and Hyde, The Scarlet Pimpernel, 
uh, Bonnie and Clyde. And he's now done... None of these are actually any good. <laughs> What's he written that we know and like? Yeah, well, we don't know them, but obviously the Americans yeah, what's do. What's he written that we know and like? Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, apart from that. I thought he wrote something like I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh, yes, he wrote Whitney Houston songs as well. Oh, well, there we go. What else did he write that's Whitney Houston's? <laughs> I can't remember. I'm not that big a Whitney Houston fan. <gasps> the wedding's off. <laughs> but this is another reason why the toxic fanboys on the internet when the musical announcer like, oh, this is going to be shit because they're like, oh, this guy's ever done is write Whitney Houston songs. Who cares? The greatest singer of the 1980s. But either way, it doesn't matter about his other musicals because he wrote this one and it slaps. Oh, yes. So I discovered this in 2019 when I was pootling around on YouTube, quickly became addicted. And then she got me into it during lockdown. Well, I had to do something. I mean, we weren't really going out and there was nothing on telly. So it's what you do, isn't it? You find yourself singing show tunes when you're doing the washing up and it just goes from there. Well, no, so that's how our plates get broken. Mm, it's a possibility. But this is a fantastic introduction to the series because um, it's now had a new lease of life on TikTok. So you've got musical theatre fans who didn't know about Death Note finding out about Death Note, and you've got Death Note fans who didn't know about the musical finding out about it from TikTok, because you le- you don't need to have known anything about Death Note prior to it. And I think this is why it, having a complete newbie to it came in handy because he doesn't do that thing that fans do when they're like, oh, I have to keep in my favourite scene, even though this favourite scene isn't really relevant and doesn't add anything. It's just filler or or glib lines or something. Can I just say, these are the most Jewish Shinigami death gods <laughs> we've ever seen because they're brilliant. They're like Bialystok, uh, Ren and Ryuk. They're like Bialystok and Bloom. Mm. Maybe a little. They, they are. They're like, humans, aren't they boring? <laughs> yeah, that was the very first song I heard, by the way. Um, they're only human, which is when we first meet um, Rhea and Rem, they're in the Shinigami realm and bored out of their tiny minds. Um, they start talking about how pathetic humans it's are. It's a great opening number. It's not the opening number, though, well, is it? It's the, it's, it's it's the real second. opening number. You have, you have the intro, which is Kira, Kira. Yeah, that doesn't really count. Then you have... That, that's orchestra tuning up. Then you have... Um, Hurricane? No, where is the justice? Where yeah, where you, is the justice? Where you meet Light and where you have the famous revolving classroom. Oh, I'd get sick. So he'd be like, please, sir, do we have to go on the revolving floor for history class? So Light is essentially that student in your ethics class that just does not shut up. because oh, he that just, guy. He just stands up and starts ranting about his vision of the future and about how people can't have their houses unlocked anymore. And the teacher kind of slaps him back down, but not literally, and is just like, oh, your arguments are simplistic and they're too black and white. But it looks like he's got a classroom full of neo-Nazis because they're all singing along with how they agree with light and how they need to be more hardline on crime. And <sighs> Honestly, Gen Z... <laughs> Lighten up. Go have a drink. Well, 
It was written in the noughties and Light was born the same year as me, I think. So, yeah, he's a millennial, mm. but, but never mind. Sorry, Gen Z. <laughs> Although you're, you're doing worse than the millennials with this. Yeah, that's true. And um, that's when it goes into They're Only Human. And it sets the whole plot in motion because Light, not Light, sorry, Ryuk has his death note and he just drops it. Ooh, stationary. And Rem is like, what did you just do? And it's like, ha ha, watch this. And it, <laughs> and it gets picked up by the next person who's walking along, who so happens to be light. And this is a really good thing because it is very bam, bam, bam. There's no time wasted in this musical. There shouldn't be any time wasted in any musical. There are so many musicals where they've just added in songs so they can, can, they can cover a scene change. Oh, yeah, true. It's like, oh, yeah, the main guy is getting dressed backstage. Let's... Put on a song. I know. Let's sing about flowers. And it's just like, nobody cares. Or some old man walks on and sings a song. What, you mean like in Les Miserables? (laughs) Yeah. Marius' granddad just wandering on. He doesn't even have a song in the original stage show. Yeah, he hijacks that one. It's just like, I'm bored now. I'm going to do a bit of harmony. Yeah. You've got all the numbers, John. Now it's my turn. I think it was to make Marius more interesting because basically... You just... could not make Marius <laughs> interesting. He's a boring old... Back anyway, to the yeah, that we're actually yeah, talking, we're talking about. about Death Note, not Les Mis. So, um, Light picks up the Death Note, assumes it's a joke, is going to throw it away, but then um, a broadcast comes on and um, a nutter is holding a, an elementary school hostage and he thinks oh let's see if this works and writes down the name of the gunman and then the gunman drops dead and after say three seconds of thinking holy crap i'm a murderer he suddenly goes "Ooh, what could i do now i could change the world with this and becomes a full-fledged serial killer uh-oh <laughs> yeah it's that quick at least in the tv show and the series and everything it took him a little longer but obviously musical time constraints and that is when we meet the kira task force which is led by a man who well, we don't know at this point he's light's dad but he's light's dad and they're like oh people are dropping dead of heart attacks that's, that's all a spoiler. around the world no it's not <laughs> it's a spoiler if you've not seen the mu- musical and not seen mm. death note but they are coming to absolutely no conclusion about this farce. They're like, ooh, let's get the best detective in the world in on this. But, and, and this is a strange thing I've noticed about this musical. I don't know whether it's to appeal more to a Western audience or whether it's because Frank Wildhorn is, um, a, well, was at the time, a 55-year-old man as opposed to a fanboy um, going, ooh, um, we... We really need to use him, but we don't want to because he goes into the grey area quite a bit. He what? Oh, this is him talking about Elle. So in other words, he acknowledges Elle is a fantastic detective, but he doesn't approve of his methods. And this is... He's morally pragmatic. This is something that comes up time and time again because Elle will do anything short of murder to get his man so he will torture people he will break the law he will use other criminals he doesn't care as long as it as it works and this is where the netflix version of this story really lacked Mm. and i think also wildhorn being older and a father uh, makes him look at them like they're silly kids which i suppose technically speaking they are all of the main characters in this are really young and you could attribute some of their actions to their brains not being fully developed i don't know 
Because, you know, if Andrew Lloyd Webber had made this, then he would be absolutely gaga over light and... Prob- oh, God. If Andrew Lloyd Webber had done this, he'd have stuck Carrie Hope Fletcher into it somehow, for God's sake. And um, he, No offence, Carrie, but... He would no. have made um, some terrible sequel a couple of years time the line, down the line where light's not really dead. When I wrote your name in stationery. Oh, no. Under a moonlit sky. Oh, God. And, and we wrote and we wrote. Oh, God. In the death note. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> um, so Ryuk comes back later to kind of check in with Light, see how he's doing. He's absolutely astonished and slightly turned on to find out that he's written all these names. Um, he, Ooh, prodigious. <laughs> he's amused at the fact that this, Light thinks that he's a god of the new world where Rick's like, you're not a god, you're just a bratty teenager. And he sings um, his song, which ends with <laughs> the immortal line. Ooh, look, an apple. Mind if I just take a bite? Yeah. It's marvellous. It's really, really good. And um, there's a bit of business with Light going with his little sister to see a Misa Misa concert, which at the point you're just like, oh, teenage girl taking a big brother along to a concert. This won't ever be <sighs> Swifties relevant. of the world unite. Anyway, but of course it does turn out to be relevant. Because she is like a Japanese Taylor Swift, is she not? Um, in this version, yeah, her job changes across versions. It's just anything that kind of makes her cool, I guess, for the young'uns. Because um, like kind of being a pseudo-intellectual, he's above things like pop concerts, but there he goes. And there is a number which, on one hand, is the worst number in the whole musical, but it's good in that it gives Sayu something to do. And Sayu is? Light's little sister. Ah, the little sister song. Cute kid alert. Vom vom. <laughs> Even though she's played by a 30-something-year-old woman. Off to the bathroom we go. As are most of the characters, but never mind. Um, so he says to her, what would you say to Kira if you ever met him? And she says, I would tell him to stop. And he's sitting there cringing and lights... Yeah, so lights go... And Ryuka's grinning his head off going, oh, she's a bit... She's a, Ooh, my, is she virtuous? Yeah, oh, she's got some wrong ideas about you. And in the Japanese version, you've also got Misa singing about Kira because she dedicated her concert to him. This is why they have this conversation. She's like, whole place. I love serial killers. Yeah, she's like, Kira, you're my hero. Ooh. If only I could identify who Kira was because if he were here, right, in the room, I would do him right here and now. Yeah, so Light thinks this is cool, but Sayu does not. Meanwhile, so back to the um, back to the Kira investigation. Um, L does a broadcast where he's where um, somebody appears on the screen uh, purporting to be him and saying to Kira to be Kira purporting to be L. So oh. somebody called Lind L Taylor says, "I am the detective L. Show me the worst that you've got, Kira." Light falls for it, hook, line, and sinker, and writes, Lindell Taylor, all over the death note in big letters. This guy drops dead. Everybody's horrified, including the task force, because they're not actually working with L at this point. So as far as they can tell, um, L has just dropped dead, so they now have absolutely nobody to help them with this case. So one of the things, the scenes that I found really uh, effective, even in the Netflix version, was where the FBI agents, or their equivalent, top themselves 
that is later. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, so, yeah, so don't. <laughs> so we're keeping this in chronological order. Then, then a computerized voice says, actually, I'm the real L. I am fine. Thank you for giving me this useful information because now I know that you can kill with a name and a face. And I also know exactly where you are because I've only shown this in the Kanto region of Japan. So thanks for the tip, Kira. And Ryo- this is like Wagatha Christie all over again. I know. And this is why it annoyed me in Netflix as they didn't do this because this is the moment where Light thinks... I have a formidable adversary. And you're like, yeah, this is where you fall in love with Elle and all that palaver. I don't. I just can't get into Elle. I know Rachel stands him, but I just think he's a wanker. (laughs) We'll agree to disagree. For me, it's all about those death gods. And this is when we find out Soichiro is Light's dad because he goes into his room and they talk... Boring mortals. They talk about the broadcast and he's saying, I think it's disgraceful, he shouldn't have done that. And so they have a little song where you see how similar they are, but also how Soichiro's worldview has been warped into something unhealthy and psychotic in his son. But as you can imagine, the masses are thrilled by all of this. They all support Kira. Uh, they're excited to see how the um, war between him and Elle pans out. And this is when we get to um, the end of Act One, because they're all saying, Kira, isn't he great? La 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 la. And Elle's like, I'm going to catch you because you're a crazy nut job. These aren't the lyrics or anything like the tune. <laughs> they really aren't. So apologies to that. And then another notebook drops from the heavens Uh oh and um misa comes running onto the stage freaking out and then she finds the notebook says death note in english and um then we go to black then act two no no wait we go to black we queue up we buy a very expensive t-shirt we use the high quality we use the toilet we get the brochure we well in in america we get the playbill for free we take a we few photos of the stage going ah. yes you, you take a selfie of you against the backdrop of the safety curtain <laughs> anyway once you have done all of this shit it gets back to act two and you also check your phones yeah you do check your phone hi i'm at death note yeah <laughs> once you've done all of that it's back to act two where so Misa runs back on stage again because she has been escaping a stalker. And um, then Rem appears and she faints. Who faints? Misa faints. Okay. Um, I thought that was going to be one of those falling in love tropes. Oh, I've had a nosebleed. Ooh, I have a fainting Well, effect. she does actually seem to fall in love with her right off the bat because the first thing she says when she sees a kind of unconscious Misa is go, oh, how pure, and strokes her hair. Anyway, she... she does not sound healthy. <laughs> she, anyway, she wakes back up and she explains that she's a Shinigami, that this notebook used to belong to a friend of hers who was in love with Misa and used to watch her from the mortal realm. He is the one that killed the stalker that was just chasing Misa and Misa being obsessed with Kira um, rather than saying oh thank you you know let's date because we're rather because you're kind of hot and I think we'll be quite a cute lipstick lesbian couple no she doesn't do any of that she's straight on to do you know Kira can Mm. I meet him and but Rem I mean let's just say in the musical she looks like a um, all-in-white East Asian Morticia Adams she's gorgeous in all versions she's ethereally beautiful and just yummy 
Because while Ryuk looks like one of the cats from Cats Only or kind of manky and living down a drain, she, she looks wonderful. And they sing what is sometimes regarded as the best song in the musical. Yes, Mortals and Fools. Which is essentially Misa singing about how she loves being in love. Rem saying, oh, well, that's nothing. You just think you're in love, but you're not. Men suck. Try as I might, I'll not understand it. Love is for mortals and fools. It never turns out quite the way that you planned it. Love makes you, you break, break all the rules. Which is... I mean, I'm not familiar with Frank Wildhorn's other works, but... It's a cracker. It slaps. But according to um, various fans of his, there is nearly always a song in one of his musicals where you get two ladies singing about love and how men suck, so this is the definite equivalent. I don't care. It's a great song. come on. Every musical has that. What about I Know Him So Well from Chess? Yeah, true. And this is the song where you can see Rem falling in love with Misa as they sing it, and um, they go off together. Um, Misa makes herself known to light, going, ooh, Kira, meet me at such and such a place. And everybody's like, ooh, the two Kiras are going to meet up. And they do. And Ryuk's like, hi, Rev, welcome to the human world. Isn't this fun? And uh, Misa's all, oh, I want you to be my boyfriend. And like, Ooh, Ryuk. <laughs> she wants Ryuk to be her boyfriend? I mean, I know she's got bad taste, but... <laughs> no, she, she wants Light to be her boyfriend. Okay. And Light's like, oh, God, really? I mean... I mean, you, this is how you know that this guy is either a psychopath, well, we know he is, or totally gay. Because you've got kind of like a pop star who is gorgeous, begging to be his girlfriend. And he's just like, really? Okay. And you just think, you twat. And Rem obviously thinks this. And she's kind of really not happy that this is happening at all. Because Lisa's saying, oh, she likes me. She's a bit overprotective. It's very cute. I know. It's the whole, oh my God, I love her, but she fancies this git. What the hell? And um, she has the Shinigami eyes, which means... She's got Shinigami eyes. (laughs) Because she made a deal with Rem earlier, which means that she can see people's names and lifespans, which makes them easier to kill, which means she is actually more dangerous than light, or at least would be if she was more intelligent. And um, he says, "Um, this guy's been following me. Um, Can you tell me what his name is? And she gives him the name. It's one of the guys off the task force that's been trailing him because Elle is kind of suspicious of him. And... um, then this guy throws himself under a bus, I think. So this is when L tackles um, Suichiro and says, I think your son is Kira because he's been following the families of all of the cops. And um, he realises that Light more or less exactly fits his profile for a serial killer. But Suichiro's all, nope, not my son. No way, Jose. But because we don't have any leads, you might as well follow him and find out that you're talking a load of hooey. So this is when Light and Elle finally meet. Because in the um, show, it's um, at the exam. Although at the time, he just thinks, oh, who's that weird kid that's got his feet on the table? Get on with it. Yeah, I am. But here they meet at the ceremony when Light starts uni. And they are the two... There's a ceremony when you start uni? Yeah, aren't they valedictorians? I've no idea what these words mean. Um, They're they're the two top scorers in the exam, so they both got a perfect score. So there you've got Light kind of looking like your perfect preppy guy coming on stage while you've got Elle kind of wearing this tatty Mac with his hair all over the place, um, wearing trainers and just generally looking a complete yeah that's right he would look like a normal student by western standards but japanese people would be like oh you look a b 
bit underdressed. What are you doing? And then he's basically, hi, are you like Yagami? I know your dad. I'm Elle, by the way. And Hang on, what was that face you just pulled? <laughs> well, he doesn't really pull a face. It like doesn't that. work on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that starts stalemate. Rachel did a, work, a move just then that just looked like a cross between a dog panting and the buddy Christ. Yeah. Either way, he kind of does that. And they start singing. He sing- does the buddy Christ dog gesture. <laughs> they start singing stalemate. At one point, Misa pops out of the ceiling and um, starts. <laughs> pops out of the ceiling. Hey, yeah, just dropped by. <laughs> Actually, I think I've got this round the wrong way. Oh, God, never mind. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Carry on. But this is how they meet anyway. Yeah, I have got this the wrong way round because the song directly after that one is... Doesn't matter. Which where, there's, there's tennis. There is tennis on stage. Yeah, the song directly after this one is the song where she's... Yeah, where she's inviting um, Kira to meet her and going on about how much she loves him. And then you've got Rem kind of sidling up behind her and going to hold her and then stopping herself. So you've got Misa singing a really heterosexual song while Rem's having a really gay moment. So you've completely fucked up the order of this, but never Doesn't mind. matter. Yeah. In fact, different productions move it round so what's the issue <laughs> but either way um al and light meet each other obviously mutually very suspicious light realizes that he's being investigated so he decides to sort of pretend to be friends with al they play tennis misa gets arrested because she's spitting on my microphone sorry misa gets arrested um she gets tortured the task force particularly so which are really not happy with this whatsoever neither is rem obviously and um it essentially comes to the fact down to the fact that they're probably never going to let misa out so never what how does that work out? Is there no justice system in Japan? Where is the justice? <laughs> Sorry. And um, so Light just manages to talk Rem into writing Elle's name, which she was going to anyway, because face it, he's torturing her girl and she's But the thing is, devastated. there's a drawback here. If a Shinigami kills somebody to protect the one they love they died they're deaded yeah because that's what happened to jealous that's why he died and hence why we ended up with um, her a spare death note yeah exactly so rem doesn't even take a second to think about this she just writes out the long ass um, scenario that light's given her and um, falls into a bin gets eaten by a bin decomposes in a trash compactor no that does not happen so she writes i'm just thinking how i would do it She's right, Al has to go and meet Light in this warehouse where they're meant to fight and Light is meant to kill Al. It's a very small notebook. How could she fit that all on what's a tiny page? It's got an unlimited number of pages because it's magic. So poor Al, he wakes up in the morning, finds himself drinking tea when he doesn't. He's a coffee man and other things. And he's like, oh shit, Kira has got me in his grip. So he goes down to the warehouse. They have a final sing-off. Um... Of course, somebody's gonna die, so you sing. Because he sees, he sees um, Ryuk. Ryuk's like, "Hi," and he, they tell him that um, Rem's dead now, which is upsetting. Because I wish we could have actually seen this, but never mind. It's well, not really. She turns into a pile of ash. It's not important. And um, how, how would you do that on stage? Yeah, I suppose that would be a very difficult special. I mean, it's hard. In, they mess up the um, transformation when Elsa changes her dress in Let It Go. Yeah, so this would be even trickier. <laughs> Suddenly he turns into 
bag of flour. But Al manages to master himself long enough to not play out the scenario that Light's written. He simply says, this isn't over yet, and shoots himself in the head. And so, obviously, Al dies, rather than have Light kill him. And um, Light's like, oh, yay! I'm the god of the new world now! And Ryuk's like, bored now! And just kills him. <laughs> and Light's kind of screaming. To be honest, and we rolling feel the around same. on the floor. And we feel the same by this point as audience members, don't we? No, we don't. It's a great musical. I love it. But I... It's a great musical, but once Rem dies, I'm like, eh, why? I mean, I'm glad that we didn't do the second arc. I mean, who cares about Mellow and Near, to be honest? And then... Near and far. <laughs> exactly. Near? So um, it, after screaming he and um, flailing around and making out that he's got a further job to do, he has a heart attack and dies. Um, yeah, Ryuk takes the book and the apple that's on his corpse and just walks off with it. <laughs> and... Um, and finally... Let's go watch some TV. Finally, Soichiro <laughs> and Seiyu find the bodies of Light and Elle and then they sing everybody else in the cast in the Requiem and Misa finds um, Rem's ashes and scatters them and that's it. Which also... Beg- Not into the audience. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Rem Rose confetti! It's actually sherbet. <laughs> <laughs> Taste the deaf gods. Which does beg an interesting question because the deal that Rem made with Misa before she wrote the name in the death note was that Rem wouldn't remember sorry Misa wouldn't remember her at all that she would love light and she would be safe but he could never love her back and she wouldn't remember being the second Kira so she gets to live as does Suichiro but none of this she will not remember any of this whatsoever so how does she go oh look ashes I don't know maybe she just randomly has some Oh, she's got. Oh, oh, that's the last thing she will remember before she yeah. gets her memory. Yeah, I mean, come on, she's a manic pixie dream girl. Maybe she just kind of scatters random ashes she finds with shits manic and giggles. Manic pixie dream serial killer. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And so it is a solid musical. It, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Even the less successful songs are catchy and memorable. So, big question, Rach. Why is this not on our stages? It needs to come to the West End. It needs to come to Broadway. It needs to come to Sydney and Melbourne and Toronto and everywhere else. Why is it only in Korea, Japan, fucking Russia? I don't know. They didn't think that there'd be enough of an audience for it for some reason, which is stupid because go into the bookshop and... It's really, really popular still, even now. Um, Ivan Menchel, who wrote the... Do you call it a libretto? He says that there will be a West End production eventually, and then a Broadway one. But as of yet... I mean, there's there's a new production in Tokyo now, playing at the moment, but, yeah, but still no fair, sign of a British or US one. We, I think it's what we need to get the theatres going after COVID. Maybe they just think it'll be difficult to find um, Asian actors does it have to be um technically yes i mean for the main cast i, I would I mean, say, say so say this they don't have white actors when they do les miserables in japan mm. i mean the shinigami don't technically need to be asian and neither does l i suppose but everybody else would i guess i don't know who knows mm. well we could at least get uh you know 
lots of pe- we have lots of actors from Hong Kong. We have lots of act- actors from uh, China. Okay, they might not be Japanese, but they can uh, get cast. I mean, yeah. Sorry, this is not being racist. It's just. The way that casting works in the UK is that Irish people play Jewish people, Jewish people play Italians. <laughs> I know, but it's different. It, it, it just is. And there's been so much backlash in recent years about uh, whitewashing manga productions. I mean, look at the trash fire that was the Netflix film. Everybody was really unhappy about I that. Like and that not fun. just because it was pants. I mean that was an okay introduction to Death Note, but this is better. <laughs> Even if Oh, the bit with the Ferris wheel was amazing. Mm. I don't know. I think they just made up as they went along the Death Note rules. It doesn't work like that. Oh, I forgot to mention um yes, I forgot to mention the FBI agents. There's a really effective bit in the middle of the musical and this is where we see the most evil thing like does well other than kind of betraying his dad and everything else um he manages to in fact he's killing people full stop yeah true um he manages to convince Haley bell one of the fbi agents to write all of his friends names in the notebook Uh, and you've got um the eerie scene where he dies on the train or under the train, I can't quite remember which, and you've got light singing while you've got the train going past in the background. It's a really well done bit. Uh, that is probably the um, peak of the show's special effects. What, they have effects. a train? Like, is it like um, a projection? It is, is it... I think it's a projected light effect, but it, it is terrific. I mean, the tennis scene is just them going around on the revolving floor waving tennis rackets at each other. <sighs> I mean, it's not what you would call um, a high-tech show. It's not like Wicked or... Um, what's another show that's got lots of special effects? Well, most of the West Phantom. End shows. Phantom, Les Mis... Heather's is quite low-tech. And this is why it got criticised at the time, because they said, we think the actors look like they're wearing bad cosplay and we're not that keen on the special effects or lack thereof. That's just rude. You don't need special effects. I like the way that they look, because to my mind, it is vitally important that Elle looks like Elle. So... I don't care that he's um, a J-pop guy that's kind of going around with sort of scraggly hair and beaten up jeans and a big white shirt and lots of panda eye makeup because that's how he looks. That is L. If you have a hunky, normal L, that's not L. So Yeah, that ain't right. Like when, when we were watching the film, it is Lakeith Stanfield. It's just like he is far too attractive. And, and far too well well maintained, far too well groomed. I know. He's far too good looking and far too normal to be Elle. Elle's more kind of like, hey, I'm so Elle chilly in looks Ed. like your mate that smells of weed and brings an acoustic guitar to a party. Yeah, the guy that you kind of move carriages to get away from on the train. Yeah. The kind I, of guy that sort of like brings cashew nuts into the cinema. I adore Elle, but he does. Oh, sorry, pistachios. He does look like he smells. Elle smells. <laughs> well, and you just know that his piss is going to smell of sugar puffs. Ew. And he gets washed in the washing machine. What? This is an actual fact. <laughs> there is um, written by Obata and Obata, although possibly as a joke. Um, he doesn't like having baths. So um, Watari, who isn't in this adaptation, by the way, his um, handler, he's made a special washing machine for him to get washed instead. So that's how he gets washed. Okay, so this is kind of like anti-autistic, isn't it? 
Um, I don't know. Probably is. You know he's the guy that doesn't like to brush his teeth. And he definitely doesn't like being touched. Yeah. Mm, textbook. Oh, Nier's even more probably, so. Oh, we don't care about Nier and Far. <laughs> Leave them out. Right. Well, I think we've definitely gone past um, talking about the actual musical, so it's probably time for a wrap. But... Hey, here's the story of how my life... <laughs> Oh, you mean <laughs> yeah, time yeah. to wrap up the... Yeah, it, it, it's, not, um, it's not the Fresh Prince of Death Note, okay? <laughs> Although that would be fun. So, um, yeah, it's lovely to have you and talk about my... F- lovely to have you too, darling. <laughs> and talk about my favourite manga musical. We will watch many more, I'm sure. Hang on, w- what other ones are available? Um... MHA. What, My Hero Academia? Yeah, um, Oron. Oh, that might be quite fun. There'd be absolutely loads, seriously. There's probably going to be a shorter list of ones that they haven't made musicals Is there from. one of Kurosensei? Not yet, as far as I'm aware, but it would not surprise me. I think it'd be a bit difficult to do, but Get you never know. Get on it, Frank. Oh, Jesus Christ, look at the time. Okay, right. Okay, must love you and leave you. Right, so it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Bye! Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at TentaclesNot on Twitter. And on Facebook, our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.